Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is going to be a shorter episode of the podcast, partially because the amount of content, although I could expand upon it immensely, is lending itself to being concise. But also, it is something I'm in the midst of doing because uh, I am in a very, very busy week. I am on the precipice, on the edge of going out of town for 10 days, going down to the Old Dominion State. And uh, I'll be spending time in Virginia, and part of being in Virginia is going to be spending time with family. Part of being in Virginia is relaxing. Part of being in Virginia is going to be spending time in the mountains, and that very well may include time fishing. Uh, but I don't know what that's going to look like, because I don't know what the weather's going to be. I don't know if I'm doing it by myself, doing it with kids, doing it with family. And so I need to be ready to do whatever I have an opportunity to do. And consequently, I need to pack accordingly. But this is a family trip. So I'm going to have my four kids and my wife and my dog and all the things that they need in the family van as well. So I cannot bring a full outfit for every possible fly fishing situation I could run into. And there's a lot that I may potentially run into, depending, again, on weather, on opportunity, how much time I have, circumstances, who I'm with. It very well may be mountain brook trout up in the the uh, Shenandoah. It might be uh, some lazy rivers for smallmouth or largemouth or carp. It could be ponds for crappie or for what other warm water species uh, I might find myself uh, getting into. Or it could be spring creeks for trout. So I don't know what it looks like. I can fish for all of those things within about 25 minutes from where I'm going to be, but I don't know what I'm going to be doing. But I also can't pack an outfit for carp, an outfit for smallmouth, an outfit for spring creek trout, an outfit for brook trout in the mountains. So I need to, in a very concise way, pack the kind of stuff that would fit into like a stow and go seat back. Uh, I, I, I can't and really ought not to uh, bring more than that. And so today on the podcast, I'm going to talk through my way of thinking and my process. Uh, after doing this for a number of years, I feel like I'm kind of getting it into an art form. Uh, very rarely do I find myself in a situation where I don't have what I need, or I find myself on the water and I'm not content with what I have on my person. 
And so uh, I want to go through that. And it might be a slight tweak to what you do. This might be something that you have really uh, dreaded doing because you, you hate the idea of not having all of your things with you when you go fly fishing. So maybe this can be an encouragement to you. Or maybe it's something that you haven't done because you just thought, you know, it's not possible. Usually when I go fishing, I have all this stuff. But if I'm going to have my family, I can't do that also. It is reasonable. Assuming your family is understanding and maybe you can involve your kids in a, in a way if you're on a family trip, then this is definitely something you can do. And I would say you should do. And so I'm going to talk through a little bit of my process of kind of how I load up up and load out uh, for going fishing in this way. So uh, the, the first and most important thing I would say is I like to carry two rods and two reels. Um, there's very few circumstances where I cannot have two rods and two reels. A rod and a rod tube, a four-piece rod, or even a three-piece rod and a rod tube barely takes up any space at all. And so having two of those stashed somewhere, whether it be in the trunk or in that stow-and-go compartment in the van, if you have a, um, just a sedan, even just in the trunk, you can have two rods stored very efficiently. And what kind of rods do I like to carry? Well, I have a very good feeling that I'm going to bring a four-piece four weight, seven and a half foot fiberglass rod and a nine foot, six weight, four piece. That's what I'm going to bring. And I think that's going to cover me in almost all the situations I'm going to encounter. I have kind of half of a mind to bring an eight weight just because I have a new reel I really want to play with. And uh, I, I really don't feel like there's a huge drop off in the quality of fishing. If you're going from a six weight to an eight weight, when you're fishing for smallmouth, particularly big river smallmouth, but at the same time, I think I have a little bit more versatility with that six weight, especially if I get into some larger spring creeks for trout, that that uh, seven and a half foot four weight fiberglass isn't going to do all the things that I would want it to do. So I'll be bringing that four weight, seven and a half foot for trout and the uh, nine foot six weight for bass. And so that doesn't take up much space at all. But, you know, you can cater this to your experience, cater this to your situation. It could be that you bring the five weight for trout and the eight weight for bass if you're going to be in a much larger area. It could be that you are confident you're only going to be getting into trout. And so you bring that three weight and that five weight. But I like to have two rods for the diversity of opportunities, but also for insurance. I don't want to go and buy a fly rod if I'm only going to be fishing a little bit because I broke one or something like that. I want that flexibility. I also want the flexibility if I want to bring somebody along with me. I don't want to use a nine foot six weight to fish for mountain trout. But if I have time with a family member or one of my boys, then by all means, I will be inconvenienced by fishing with that big water rod on that small stream. If that means that we can be out fishing together and I can be out fishing a little bit more. So I like to think through having two rods. Now, if you know exactly how you're going to be fishing, then bring both of those, you know, eight foot four weights or seven foot three weights or whatever it is, nine foot six weights. Just bring two of them. Having two rods is not a big space compromise, and it's a good idea for all the reasons I mentioned. And then, of course, having the two appropriate reels. Um, if if you are in a situation where you're going to be fishing for again, you know, bass on a on a large river to have a separate spool, again, this stuff starts to get a little bit ticky tack, and you really have to cater it to your situation and your circumstance. Um, I like to. Uh, alter my presentation uh, when I am limited in the gear I can carry rather than alter my gear when you have to start to carry more. So basically that what, what that means is uh, throw on a heavier fly. It's a lot easier to carry a diverse fly box than a diverse bag of spools for your reels. Uh, it takes up less space and you don't have to make as many changes on the water. There's a real economy of time if you're trying to sandwich fishing into a work trip or to a family vacation. And so it just streamlines 
the situation if you alter up your presentation when you're talking about the different benefits that you can get from different line styles, your floating, your intermediate, your sinking lines. You can really just change your length of tippet, change the weight of your fly, change how you make your presentation. And although that's not what you would want to do if you're doing that kind of fishing for multiple days on end, but just for an afternoon out or a couple days here and there, some sporadic fishing, then that will be more than enough. I don't think that's something worth worrying about. Again, if you find yourself in a situation where you know you want to be fishing only smallmouth on a large river, then by all means, bring two spools. But I like to, again, alter my presentation rather than alter my equipment in that, uh, that situation. So two rods, two reels. Now, here comes the part that probably provides the most angst and anxiety for people when they are packing for going fishing. What gear do I bring uh, to throw in my pack? Do I even bring a pack? So uh, again, diversity and uh, versatility is the name of the game. So I'll probably bring a, bring a small day pack. I think I've talked about before, I've certainly written about before, about how a small day pack or even a hydration pack is the optimally diverse fly fishing pack opportunity for you. Um, and it's because you can use it not just for uh, fishing, you can use it for hiking, you can use it for just going around town with your kids, especially if you're on vacation. It is a great thing to use. Uh, and so I'll probably bring a little hydration pack and that'll give me the flexibility of if I have to bring everyone's gear, um, then I can fit it all in there. If I'm just bringing my gear, it is literally no you know sweat for me to throw just a little bit of stuff in a backpack. I can always add a couple of drinks and uh, and some lunch and some water and I'm, I'm good to go. So that is my preferred storage uh, option. You know, a fly fishing vest offers you zero versatility when you're out uh, on, on vacation. A backpack offers you a lot of versatility. Um, and you can also use it to pack. You know, that's, that's great. The multitasking aspect of that, you know, you can fill your backpack up with clothes, toiletries, shoes, something like that, and uh, have all of your other gear stashed away somewhere else. When you get where you're going, you dump all that stuff into your room or to where you're staying, and then you put all your fly fishing gear in it, and now you're, you're ready to roll. Um, so, but what do you put in that? I like to have a consolidated fly assortment. Now, flies are one of the things where I don't mind going to the local shop and buying what I need. Uh, it is not; it is a great opportunity to find something that is perfectly suited from that place or has come from that place. Um, I look at my box. I say, you know what? I have four blooming olives, but this is all the trout are hitting. I'm going to buy six more that were tied here. And it gives me an opportunity to get into a fly shop. And it gives me an opportunity to uh, have a conversation with the, the person there and patronize their business. So I like to have a nice you know, core fly box for trout and a nice core fly box for bass. Do I have box after box after box after box downstairs that I usually carry in my packs when I'm fishing on my home streams? Of course, but I'd like to have a core box that I can fish with and fish out of and be content with. And of course, for trout, it has a nice assortment of dries, both attractor dries and imitating dries, and it has a couple of nymphs, and then of course has all the streamers that uh, a man could ever want. So I've got that core box, and it is usually suited around mountain trout fishing, um, especially when it comes to those dry flies. So the humpies and the parachute atoms, things like that. But they're flies that certainly can um, be used out on any freestone stream or spring creek also. Um, and then for bass, it is a good assortment of both poppers and streamers. And I like to keep it very, very simple. Um, not a great diversity of streamers, but uh, you know, just a number of colors and sizes of basically woolly bugger and clouser and 
and deceiver uh, style patterns, and that will generally do do me do me well. And for both of those fly boxes, I like them to be small. I've got huge briefcase boxes, but it, that's overkill, you know. And inevitably, I turn to the same fly over and over again. And like I said, if you want to try a unique fly, having a fly that you've bought and and added to your box and only buying a half dozen or so, it's not a huge expense, and it's going to be something that's perfectly suited to where you're fishing. So I like fishing out of smaller um, boxes. My my one box for trout is a little um, foam floating Orvis box that is about the size of uh, of an iPhone uh, from like a footprint size, and then my one um, my one bass box is another floating floating foam box that's probably about the size of my hand. And uh, could I carry more flies? Absolutely. But do I need more flies, especially for sporadic intermittent fishing? Absolutely not. And it's always fun to go out and buy new ones. So two little fly boxes, and then a toolkit. Talked about this concept before also. I like to have an A-team as far as fly fishing tools. So my favorite nippers, my favorite forceps, and really that's all it comes down to. And I have these two things lashed to a fly trap fly holder, one of my favorite little accessories, and that also has my uh, tippet on it. So it's kind of like my A-team. I have my 0x through 7x, and uh, that seems like a lot of tippet, but in situations like this, it's clutch because as long as you have a decent leader of a like a knotless tapered leader or a um furled leader on your fly line then having zero through seven x gets you anything and everything that you may possibly need you know you can cut out that seven x if you're not going to be fishing on really crystal clear and glassy smooth water um, and you might not even need six x but uh, for fishing a lot of spring creeks i find that i want it and need it for liking to fish dry midges i want it and i need it um, but you're probably good with zero through five under most circumstances. And what that allows you to do is build up those leaders, especially if you're not using a furled leader, if you're using a knotless tapered leader, or even a knotted leader, then as long as you have that butt section that's intact, having that zero X, one X, two X allows you to build out leaders for any situation you might find yourself in. And man, I, I can't remember the last time I ran out of tippet on zero X and one X and two X spools that usually goes bad, or at least you assume it goes bad before you run out of it. So you use that stuff up to to create the optimum leaders. And what that does allow you to do is it has give that one A team kit where you have your um, you know, your your best tools and they can go on your belt, they can go on your pack, they can go in your pack if you're hiking, and then they can go on your pack strap when you're fishing. And everything is right at your fingertips. So to make sure you have those things. And honestly, nippers might even be superfluous if you have a pair of forceps that has scissors inside of them. Um you and you're good to go using, you know, the hook of a fly that you don't really like as a as a hook eye cleaner. All right. I know I'm talking fast. A lot of caffeine in my system, a lot of stuff to cover, um, and I'm in the middle of packing. So uh, next thing, leader wallet. I like to carry a couple of spare leaders. Now, could you use that 0x tippet and create a butt section? You could. I am such a uh, fanatic about having quality line and leaders that I would rather carry a leader wallet. It's not some great, you know, uh, expense, nor is it some significant weight uh, burden that you're adding by having a leader wallet with two or three extra leaders in it. Um, that can go into a pocket that can get slid anywhere. There's virtually no space that it takes up. Having that is clutch. That way, if you have a dr drastic tangle, you can cut off and start over. You're not having to retie or spending, you know, 15 minutes untangling something. Um, that might be something where you have the luxury to do that if you're fishing for multiple days on end. But if you're just getting into a little bit of fishing here and there to be able to just cut off and start over is a really, really good thing to do. And you, you know, 
now you have a new leader and that's always a, a fun thing so uh you got your flies you've got your toolkit which includes your nipper your forceps and your tippet you have a leader wallet so you can have a best case you know uh, situation in, in case things go south and then also your sinking stuff and your floating stuff this is important uh because you know i like i mentioned before you can alter your presentation a lot easier than you can alter your gear and you can alter your presentation by having the proper sinking and floating agents um, so that includes uh, split shot, and of course you'll need forceps to apply that split, split shot, just a little puck of that stuff, and then floatant. And for that, I'm talking about both liquid floatant, and I know I'm starting to, to branch out a lot more and starting to add more and more and more gear, but I consider shake on um, you know, desiccant to be a, a necessary thing, especially if you're fishing um, high mountain streams where you're fishing plunge pools and you're catching a lot of fish. Uh, that saves you time. It's worth having that little pill, pill bottle size uh, container of floating on your person. But then also strike indicators. And for this, I don't like carrying big packages. I don't like lots of packages. And a really good thing you can do is have a box, and even like a Plano or Flambeau style box, where you can have your split shot in one compartment and then have a couple of different sizes and styles of strike indicators in other compartments is great. So a couple of thingamabobbers, and then if you like using pulses, and who doesn't like using pulses, um, and having like a, a sheet of pulses where you cut them out and you have maybe like five or six uh, pulses on their sheet backing in that little box gives you the flexibility of all of those different styles of strike indicators. Um, it, I think that's way better than carrying a ton of bags of different styles of strike indicators or trying to empty them into one bag. Just having that little box keeps everything in one concise spot. Another nice thing about this too, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm going a lot longer than I anticipated, is that if you have everything in little boxes, um, as opposed to in individual little packages, uh, like you would maybe in your fly fishing vest or in your sling pack, this allows you to fish without using a pack. Uh, you can put, you know, your boxes, uh, your, your box of flies in one pocket and your box of accessories in the other pocket, and you can clip your tools to your belt and you're golden. And, uh, that again, allows you to limit the amount of stuff that you need to bring with you. So flies, tools, leader wallet, and sinking stuff and floating stuff. And that has you covered. You're fishing. You got everything you need and you're in great shape to go out and enjoy a diverse type of angling opportunity. But there's a couple more things that you need to remember. Uh, you got to wear clothes, right? Uh, but the, the most important kind of clothing is probably going to be your footwear. So I own wet wading shoes that look like sneakers. Um, I've said it before, and I will say it again until I find something better. Astral kayaking shoes are the most comfortable as well as the most effective wading shoes that I have ever used. I had the Brewers um, first, and those are kind of minimalistic. And then I've switched over to the um, RX1 Mesh, or excuse me, RX2 Mesh, and they are phenomenal sneaker, light hiker style um, wading shoes, and I absolutely love them. And so these are shoes that I can bring, that I can walk around town with. I can, you know, if I'm just fishing from the bank, I can wear them and be comfortable, get the ankle support I need, or if I'm be wet wading, then I can use them and they're going to dry out and they're not going to stink things up. But if you have a pair of wet wading sandals that you usually use, but they can also go out on the town, you know, obviously not on a fancy date or anything like that, but you can use them on, in a diverse uh, variety of situations, that's important to bring. Much, much more ideal deal than having waders and boots. Now, of course, if you're fishing a tailwater and it's freezing cold or you're fishing in cold weather, then you're going to have to make some compromises, both either in what you bring or where you fish. 
but then kind of corollary to that is the clothing that you you have. Make sure that you bring quick drying shorts, quick drying undergarments, quick drying shirt, maybe even a long sleeve shirt so that you can um, you don't need to bring sunscreen with you because I absolutely detest sunscreen. So make sure you have quick dry clothing that you can also wear elsewhere. You're not bringing a pile of clothes that are only fishing clothes. These are clothes that you can use under a variety of circumstances. So that's just as important as having the gear because if you've got your jeans and your, you know, your your hoodie, you can fish. You're just not going to be as uncomfortable as comfortable as if you are in quick drying shorts um, and uh, and uh, a nice breathable shirt. Lastly, don't forget your sunglasses and hat. Do not forget your sunglasses and hat. Um, along with fly line, sunglasses are one of the most underappreciated pieces of fly fishing gear that you can bring with you. Um, there's not a lot of things that I would go out and buy once I realized I was completely geared up and ready to go fishing and I realized I didn't have, but sunglasses would absolutely be one of them. So do not forget your sunglasses, but you should be wearing your sunglasses anyway. It's good for driving. It's good for looking cool and all the other things that sunglasses are used for. All right, that is my thought process as I get things together and as I plan on integrating a little bit of fishing in that margin time as I'm on a family trip or a vacation or a work trip. So hopefully this can be beneficial to you. Do you have any things that you think that I left off that are absolutely necessary that you cannot live without? First of all, by all means, do that. Secondly, let me know. I'd love to hear what it is. Um, and if this is helpful to you, let me know. Let me know how uh, your little trips this summer are working out for you. As always, you can reach out, Matthew at castingacross.com. Happy to hear any questions or comments or the off chance there happens to be an accusation. This week on Casting Across, two articles. The first one was called Ed, a Flea, and Me. Ed, a flea, and me. And that is the second part of a uh, series talking about the most recent fly rod that uh, I received. And uh, it is a fly rod that was built by none other than South Central Pennsylvania angler Ed Shank. And so uh, I'm writing about how I got that rod and what I did with that rod as soon as I got it. So this is the second article in that series. So I would absolutely encourage you to check that out because it's a, it's a pretty cool story. And I don't say that just because I wrote it. Uh, it's a pretty cool story because, um, it's it's a rod and a situation that is definitely worth uh, knowing something about. Wednesday's article just came out and it's called "Trout in a Drizzle." Trout in a Drizzle, and uh, something I've I've mentioned before on the podcast and I've mentioned before on the website is fishing in bad weather. There's no reason why you can't fish in bad weather um, uh, until there's lightning. Uh, you you absolutely should uh, be fishing in in bad weather. There's a lot of benefits to it, and I go through four of them, or excuse me, three of them, along with the warning to not fish in uh, in in super bad weather on this uh, article on castingcross.com. This week's recommendation on the podcast is a correction to something I said about 10 minutes ago. I'm in such a hurry, I'm not going to go back and edit this. But I said that I fished the VR1 or VR2 um, Astral uh, Mesh. It's actually the TR1 mesh. So my recommendation is the Astral TR1 mesh. Um, it comes in three colors. I fish in the Storm Navy. And like I said in the uh, body of the podcast, uh, this is a super ventilated, incredibly light hiking shoe with the most sticky rubber I've ever used. So you might have wading boots that say that they have sticky rubber. I have a couple of pair of wading boots that say they have sticky rubber. The rubber on the bottom of these Astral TR1 mesh is a completely different level of sticky. 
and they are light, and they are built to flush water out of them. They are built so that you are not having, you know, gravel and grit in between your toes as you walk and fish. Um, it's a pair of shoes that usually I throw in my backpack, and then once I get to where I'm fishing, I switch out of my hiking shoes and put these on. Um, but inevitably, time after time, I leave my hiking shoes in my backpack and walk back to my car miles and miles with my TR1 meshes on because they're just that comfortable. I will fish with them barefoot. I will fish with them in a lightweight sock. Both are fine um, for, I think, light duty. Going barefoot is totally cool. But if you're going to be out a little bit longer or spending a lot of time on the trail, having a sock on is a great way to go to. Uh, awesome shoes, incredibly durable. Fish with them season after season. They only show light wear. Uh, I will put a link to the Astral TR1 mesh on this podcast's page over at castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.